Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Gym Owner's Guide to the Galaxy. This podcast is a production of Sweat Angels. Sweat Angels helps gym owners generate friend-to-friend referrals on Facebook. Every month, thousands of affiliate gyms, group fitness clubs, yoga studios, and martial arts schools rely on Sweat Angels to help them grow. To learn more about Sweat Angels, head to causely.com forward slash sweat angels. That's causely.com forward slash sweat angels, or just search for us on Facebook. Thanks for listening today. I'm John Ruggi. And I'm Matt Sharp. Today we'll be talking with David Ferguson of Memphis Judo and Jiu-Jitsu. David will share his advice on growing from one location to three, building an awesome product, and also David does his first Facebook Live on the show. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. We're here with David Ferguson of Memphis Jiu-Jitsu and Judo and several other businesses. David's been a client of Sweat Angels for several months now and has been uh, just a great, great partner for us to work with. And because we worked, we've worked with David for so long and we've seen his business kind of grow and succeed, we wanted to get him on the podcast and have him talk about uh, some of the things that he has used uh, to help the business grow. So first of all, David, could you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started, and uh, then we can kind of get into the, the questions. Sure. I'm Dave Ferguson. Um, I've been involved in the martial arts for 18 years. Um, mixed martial arts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai kickboxing. Um, I've been in business for 13 years um, with our main location, which is uh, 24,000 square feet. Um, we've expanded, uh, obviously, over time from a small little basement, 2,000 square foot um, academy. Um, now we have uh, another location. We opened up in Midtown Memphis, and we are opening a third in about a week. And uh, I employ about 30 people and uh, love this business. It's awesome. So, so you've been in Memphis the whole time? Mm-hmm. I have been. How many members do you have across those uh, two and soon to be three locations? Um, across the two, at the main location, I've got about 800 members, and the Midtown location, about 600. Wow. So we have, we have a lot of people that listen to us that are uh, single location owners, or there's several that are multi-unit location owners as well. But it's always really it's really good to hear from guys that have made the jump from one to two to three, um, some of the things that they have learned along the way. And I've always found that a lot of these guys, it's better for them to let you make the mistakes than they make them and learn from them. Uh, so I would love for you to share some of the things you've kind of learned along the way that you think has, has led to your growth at the, at the business. Um, well, in regards to opening a multiple locations, uh, I mean, that's a hard thing to, to decide to do. Obviously, um, you obviously have to have people you trust a lot, um, such as a facility manager who's going to treat the business like their own. Um, cause obviously I can't be at the second location or third location as much as I am at my main location. Um, first of all, it starts having a great product. If you have a great product and there's a need for it in the community, then, um, it makes sense to do another location. Um, I wouldn't go and run and, um, try to open a second location just to go and make a bunch of money or something like that. There has to be a need for it. If there's a need for it, you have somebody you trust that can run it, do it, execute. So, and you built your main thing. You built your membership pretty significantly, even before you got into that second location, right? Yeah. If I'm, Correct. You had to expand your first location once or twice before you even considered the second location. Yeah. Yeah. And now the main location is 24,000 square feet. And where did you so, start off with? Um, 2,000 square feet oh, wow. in, a base, in a basement uh, next to the University of Memphis about 13 years ago. 
So, so obviously, as that location is growing and you're thinking about opening the second one, were there things that you wanted to really dial in before you opened the second one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of things. Um, really getting a good handle on the bottom line, really, really being tight with the business side financially. Um, you know, I had certain goals that I wanted to meet financially with the, the business before I jumped into doing a second location. That was the first thing. Also making sure that staff was trained properly and trained at 110%. Um, so yeah, those are the things that I really wanted to make sure of. Also, I took my time really looking for that second location. Um, probably spent about nine months to a year um, researching, searching um, different areas of town, what area of town makes the most sense, what were the demographics and stuff. Okay. Um, that, those sort of things. So I took, I took my time. I didn't jump right into it. I took my time and made sure I was ready to go. So what was it about that second location that sealed the deal for you in terms of finding the right location? Um, there was a perfect building in a perfect neighborhood. Uh, we're in what's called the Cooper young district, which is a historic district, um, of Memphis It's in midtown Memphis. So it's kind of bohemian and kind of cool and laid back. Um, fitness is really big in midtown. Um, the midtown folks love to stay fit. They do a lot of different activities, but what's really weird is there's like a box gym there. Um, just like your regular, you know, 24 fitness, but then there's like 10 yoga studios, but there's no kit boxing. There's no martial arts. There's nothing. There's I think nothing there's a couple between. of CrossFit gyms. Mm. Yeah. So uh, it looked like a perfect area for us to move into. And also in this particular area, it's an older area. So parking is always an issue for people. But the building that came available for us actually has more parking than any other parking or any other building in that, that area. So it, the timing was perfect. It had just opened up. And so I said, OK, this is it. It's a sign. I need to go ahead and open up and, and do this. And it's been absolutely fantastic. So I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I think so parking is one of those things that a lot of people don't think about before they get in. Uh, can you talk about like why that was so important for you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the the a lot of our business are women, probably 70 percent of the business that I do is, is women. And so safety is a big issue for women. You know, and if they're coming to a facility to work out and to train and it's at night, um, they don't want to walk, you know, a great distance in the park, you know, from down the street or around the corner or a long parking lot to get to your front door because uh, safety is a huge issue for ladies. So you have to have good parking. Um, the parking you have has to be well lit. So for our purposes, it, it means everything to have good parking. And uh, and not only that, but you know how it is. People are running late for classes and stuff. If they have to park two yeah. blocks away, then they hate that they're probably stuff. not going to. Yeah, yeah. So just the convenience means means a lot. So we work with a lot of gyms too that they I think they get to a point where their cl classes start to get a little crowded. Yeah. And the first thing that comes to mind is I need to open a second location. Um, and, and one of the, some of the things I've seen the more successful ones do is really try to find out how to maximize the current location. Um, as well, you talked about dialing, dialing the business in, but even maximizing what you have before you take that leap, uh, to the second location. Did you guys do any of that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. I mean, obviously pricing adjustments is something that, that you can do to, kind of assuage some of the, the craziness and busyness. Also, um, adding classes and times is always good. Um, you know, also kind of directing pe the new people who are coming in for classes, not putting them into the busiest times. So there's a lot that you can do um, for sure. But yeah, I, I made sure that we maximized 
um, our most popular program um, 100% before I opened the second location, which is Fitness Kit Box. And I want to make sure that I was completely full. I couldn't fit anybody else in before I said, okay, now it's time to do a second location. So, and that's the same thing that happened with the third location that's opening up in a couple of weeks is our Midtown location now is so busy. I mean, we just added 10 more bags and we've done everything we can to maximize the space and the classes. We've done everything we can do. We can't do any more. So now it's time to do a third location. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And early on, you mentioned that if you have the right product, then a lot of the growth will take care of itself. Obviously people still need to find out about your, uh, your business, but what are some of the things you did to create a, uh, create a great product experience early on to where you were having to you know, move to that new location or that, that larger location, you know, fairly quickly. I mean, when you talk about a great product, as far as like fitness industry and, and gyms and martial arts, um, it all starts with the instructors. That's, that's, that's the product. All right. It's not the facility so much. I mean, that's cool and all, but if the instructors are passionate um, about instructing, if they're passionate about the students um, and there's a good saying that I really like that nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. Right. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how good you are at whatever you do. If a student, especially a new student comes in as an instructor, you don't pay attention to them or you don't show them any love, then they're probably not going to become a member. So that's something that I emphasize a lot with the instructors as far as making a great product for the customers is making sure you show them that you care the very first day. The minute they walk in that door, you show them that they care, then they'll care what you know. So, so what that's, are the, that's yeah, what are the, some of the specific things that you do to, to really show, show people that you care? Um, well, you know, with the instru- when they come in the front door, obviously we have a, a great front desk person that's friendly and nice and shows them around and gives them the information they need. Um, the phone rings, we answer it. Um, when they come into a class, you, the, you know, I don't know if it's the same way in CrossFit. I'm sure it probably is, but it can be very intimidating for people the very first time. Mm-hmm. So if they walk into a class and there's a bunch of people in a class who they assume are really, really good and know a lot, well, that's going to be very intimidating. All right. So, um, you have to really go above and beyond and be friendly. So I have a couple of people in each of our programs here, whether it be jiu-jitsu or Muay Thai or boxing or fitness kickboxing, who have been maybe long-time um, students. I kind of peg them with coming up and introduce themselves right away to new people. Um, so they have sort of a friend in class um, right away. They make sure they introduce them to the head instructor. The head instructor comes and checks on them quite a bit during class afterwards, finds out how they like class, um, answers any questions they might have. So given all that attention on the front end, um, really – I think drives the business for us and helps us to have a really high close rate, close I've, rate as well. I've heard a lot of guys talk about as that is making a lot of initial deposits, yep, and into that client, and then you know down the road if something bad happens, if you've made enough of those deposits, they'll they're okay with it, right? Because you've built that's, that relationship by them. So yep, yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. So one of the things uh, I've seen also happen is when you when you move from your first location. To, to opening the second location, I'm sure there was a, a lot you learned during that. And then usually when you open the third location, it goes much, much smoother than opening the second. Did you, did you find that to be true? Yes and no. Uh, yeah, I found that to be true just because I knew exactly what we needed to order. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of waste, you know, and I knew yeah. exactly what it would take to run the classes and put together a schedule and, work with my web designer and yada, yada, yada. So easy from that regard, um, more difficult um, because everything's laid out differently and the flow is different of the gym. So you have to kind of learn how that new flow is going to be. 
Um, also learning the the neighborhood as well and the people, you know, when you're out marketing and you're getting leads and things like that. Um, and I don't know if it's like this in a lot of different cities, but different areas of town, people's attitudes are different. So I had to mm-hmm. learn what the attitudes were. I mean, my big gym's in the suburbs. Um, and the second gym, second location is in the, a historic district in Midtown Memphis, which is more bohemian and completely different. So that made it a little more difficult. So we couldn't just really treat everybody the same way and treat the business the same way as we do in the suburbs. But uh, but yeah, easy in one regard and more difficult in another regard. It's so. funny you say that because we have three locations uh, as well, and they all they all have a different personality. Mm-hmm. Like yep. it's very distinct. So it's it's funny you said that. Yeah. To what extent did you have to uh, change your programming for each of those locations as well? Um, we really didn't. Didn't have to change the programming at all. Uh, we kept the same schedule as we had at the original location for what we did. Um, you know, I, I would say this, opening that second location, what it has taught me um, is really to uh, run the business much more like a business than a hobby. I know that mm. that's a common term. But oftentimes uh, we can get in the habit of doing stuff because we like doing it, you know, and I did that a lot over the 13 years at location. What you want to do, not necessarily what the customer wants. Yeah, exactly right. And that doesn't really put money in your pocket, (laughs) you know, Um, might make you happy. But, you know, I've got a family now. I've got a little girl and a wife and stuff like that. So those are things that are more important to me personally. Um, So going to the second location, I really wanted to make sure that we ran it um, in a really business like manner from the get go, from the get go, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So along those lines, but to kind of shift gears a little bit, I always, I'm a marketing guy, so I always like to ask marketing questions. So I'm curious what, I'm sure your marketing strategy has evolved as you've gone from a very young business with one location to mature business with, you know, soon to be three locations. So how how has that uh, changed over time and what things would you have done differently uh, to market your dream, you know, more effectively? Um, I would have jumped on the social media thing early on. Yep. Right away. I would have started a podcast also <laughs> a long time ago because um, those are pretty powerful. Um, yeah, there are a lot of things like that with social media content. Um, I feel like that I got in a little bit later than I would have liked to have, honestly. Um, I probably got in a lot earlier than most martial arts schools do, to be honest with you. But uh, one thing that I've always admired about the CrossFit community is you guys are sharp, man. Y'all are sharp in the CrossFit community. Y'all are always jumping on the new thing that's coming along. You're the first to do it. So, you know, I know the CrossFit community was really big on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, um, putting out a lot of good content, podcasting, things like that before the martial arts world caught on. So if there's something I would do differently for sure in marketing, um, it would be to, to get on the social media bandwagon when it first came along. So you know? when you said you uh, you wished you had gotten involved a little earlier, was it for a lot of people I've heard that um, it, it can be a little bit intimidating because you don't know what to say and sure. it almost it's like you get uh, paralysis analysis. Um, sorry, maybe I got that backwards. Analysis but, paralysis. Yeah, there you go. Analysis so. by paralysis by analysis. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what to do, so they don't get started because it's easier just to not do it than to do it and then you know, realize you've done something wrong and. You know, nobody yeah. likes your post. So was that it for you or was uh, there a different reason? Uh, no, it was it just uh, I was doing what I love doing, you know, and I, I taught a lot more classes back then. I trained um, our professional fight team back then. I was refereeing a bunch. I was, just had other things I was doing and I just that just wasn't my focus um, mm-hmm. at that time. Um, when I started, you know, maybe four or five years ago, really wanting to up my marketing skills and learn. I just started going out there and digging in and learning. I talked a lot 
spoke a lot with uh, with Doug Larson and Mike Bledsoe about some of that as well, the guys with um, Barbell Shrugged, and uh, just started learning from people about it and kind of getting into it. You know, just it's something was that wasn't on my radar prior to four or five years ago. Sure. Have you tried uh, Facebook's live video feature yet? Not yet, but I want to. We I need to. We, we did it today as a test. Yeah, test number two was today. Yeah. Matt yeah. gave everyone a tour of the office. And then we nice. did. You, know, you can do it with, you can do it within your own private groups now too, I heard. Oh really? really yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have private groups, mm. you can actually do the live video feeds in your groups. Yeah, we were sitting on the couch. We were sitting on the couch and I was like, Hey, John, have you ever done this Facebook live? And we're like, No. And I was like, Well, how do you do it? And he showed me and I was like, Okay, we're getting ready to go live. <laughs> And uh, we just turned it on, and I took everybody through the office and walked them out into the gym and stuff. And I think we did it a few hours ago, and I think it's reached over a thousand people already. So, wow, it's wow. it's it was pretty cool. I don't know if any of the people that were live watching it even know who we are. Well, uh, I think I mean uh, even as you were doing it live, I think a few hundred people watched it because yeah. I, I logged on to Facebook while you're doing it. Yeah, and then I got a notification that says Sweat Angels is live on Facebook, so I clicked that, and it brought me to the video, and there was like a half second delay. And I, but I watched you at the window when you were on the patio. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's pretty cool because one, one of the things we talk about a lot is, you know, gym owners don't know what to share on Facebook and it's hard to create really interesting stories. And when you feel like you have to add a lot of production value, then it just gives you one more excuse for doing it later. But the nice thing about live video, whether it's on um, Facebook or Vine or Snapchat is people don't expect a high production value. And you can just walk out in your gym and say, hey guys, I want to show you what's uh, what's going on in class today. Here are some of our members. And, yep. you know, it's it's just very personal, it's real, and it's very authentic. So, so David, you, uh, you're going to go on record, you're going to do something live in the next 24 hours at the gym? Yes. I yes. I'll Sweet. make that commitment right now. All right. I will go live. So that, I've got to, <laughs> when will we post it? Do I need to download uh, no, no, Facebook you just, Live or something? Yeah. We we uh we could go this live is a shameless, right now. This is a shameless <laughs> uh, plug right here, but we have an article we did on how to use Facebook Live video on our blog. It's okay. right now it's probably two or three blog posts deep, but it's pretty simple. I showed Matt and he he got it. We did it within like six point five seconds. We were broadcasting in the, in so the office. So do you put a post out there, kind of a learning your people and your friends list? Hey, we're about to go live in it's, ten minutes. It's like two. It's to like two clicks. Yeah, it was. You click uh, like you were normally yeah. going to post a status update, and there's this little live video icon, and you click that. Facebook okay. asks, asks you for a uh, title of your video. You click, uh, I think you click go live, and then you're off and running. You know, what's the next thing? I mean, now we can do live videos in real time, and what's the next thing to come down the, the Well, 360 pipe, video. You know? Have you seen the 360 videos? No. Oh, they are intense. So I think They're it's a cool. GoPro camera that they use, but. Uh, I don't understand I the technology, it's, I think it's but several it cameras mounted yeah. so you so can the, see everything at once. Right. The yeah. first one I saw was of a surfer in this uh-huh. this big wave, and as you move the phone through space, it changes the perspective of the camera. So you can look down the tube of the wave, up in the sky, down below the ocean. I mean, wow. it's unreal. That All is right, awesome. So let's just let's do this. I'm gonna do a live video right, right now. So I'm gonna show you. So here. Yep. So gotcha. This is sweat angels. All right. This is this could go either way. Uh, so I go to publish. So see, yep. This will be your business page. Gotcha. Click publish, and then it's that one. The second one. The right? second one. Yep. So see the second option. Uh huh. So there's the camera. Uh, then that option. Yeah, gotcha. So uh-huh. let's see. Going live with David. <laughs> Maybe I ought to go live now too. 
<laughs> all right, I'm gonna. That's I, the future, David. You. Is everyone is on live all the time? So, yeah. all right. So I'm gonna click it, and they're gonna see you. All right, let's see. So it says three, two, one. All right. So there's John. I'm gonna flip it. Nope. That's flip you. It the other way. <laughs> there's David. There we go. Live on our podcast. Sweet. And here's us. Live. Live podcast. Hello, world. Yep. And then David. All right. That was enough for the test. And oh, where's he at? No. Oh, no. You got to flip the no. camera. Oh, flip yep. the camera. There we go. So, so you're all, you're all still learning a little bit about it yourself, I guess. And yeah, figuring so it out. what'll be cool is that when we talk about this, kind of helps preview. So, what, three people already watched it? Yeah. So, what's cool Sweet. is it kind of helps preview the podcast. And we can even say, you know, we went live. Did it not go? Hey, I want to do that real quick. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can make it happen. Yeah. Kind of advertise the product. All right. So. Oh, here it is. I yeah. Went live. Can you guys see? Uh-oh. Allow access. Hold on. So this would be a cool podcast. should be like interview and going live, going on Facebook Live. <laughs> this is our first live podcast then. It is. Yeah. In the history of Sweat Angels, it's a yeah. milestone. I'll have to do it later. I got to do all kinds of privacy things. So oh wow! You got I'll it. do it though. All right. So one thing before we cut loose, uh, and I always still listen to Tim Ferriss. If you had to go, so you've been in business for thirteen years. I have been. So let's go back and talk to David twelve years ago. What advice do you have for probably pretty buff David? Maybe a little more tan, less facial hair. No, maybe fully. F- fully hairless? No? Maybe. All the above. All right. All the above. So let's go back and talk to him, and what advice would you have for him? Um, man, work harder, you know? Mm. Um, keep training hard and continue doing what you love doing, but uh, run your business more like a business, not a hobby. Um, I, the first six or seven years of my business – I absolutely positively ran it like a hobby and I was fine with that. That was fine, but I could have been so much further ahead with my business if I would have started to run it like a business the day I opened, honestly. And that means, you know, run it like a business. I mean, that, that's it. You know, you don't have to go to business school to run your business like a business. Um, but you know, you got to watch your bottom line. Yeah. You got to take it serious. Take it serious. Watch your bottom line. Every dollar you need to know where it goes. Um, you need to know how to market. So that's what the advice I would give my younger self. Um, Stop being a slacker and run this like a business, you know? Awesome. Well, David, I appreciate, and both of us appreciate you being on the show and uh, look forward to working yeah. together more in the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Yeah, thanks for being with us, David. Yep. Take care. Thanks again for listening today. The Gym Owner's Guide to the Galaxy was produced by Matt Sharp, Jeremy Russell, and me, John Ruggie. To make sure you catch every episode, search for The Gym Owner's Guide to the Galaxy on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're always looking for industry leaders to interview on the show, so if there's anyone you'd like to see us feature on a future episode, let us know at podcast at causely.com. That's causely.com. We are a production of Sweat Angels, the number one referral program for gym owners. Sweat Angels helps drive new members at your gym by combining Facebook check-ins with giving back. If you haven't heard of us, just go to causely.com forward slash sweat angels or search for us on Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Gym Owner's Guide to the Galaxy.